Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and I'm coming at you straight from the push, and this is Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, before we get started, I want to thank everybody who listened to the last episode, um, which was probably a revisit. I'm not entirely sure. I've done way too many episodes of an anime podcast on the internet to remember everything I've talked about, if I'm perfectly honest, over a couple different um podcast iterations and names and domains and all that stuff so take it easy on me but on that note um thank you so much for listening to the episode on sort online alternative gun gale online um and if you're if you haven't definitely go check out that episode of the podcast it's the one before this in the feed and also Check out the show, which um, actually might is going away on the 31st. So if you want to check it out on Netflix, now is kind of the time to do it. You have time. It's not that long. <laughs> um, I think it's two quarters of 12, which is, like, doable. Um, but on that note, um, today what I want to talk about is our memory of shows and our perceived like everything of like remembering shows and anime and what's important from shows and anime and a lot of that is because of um as you probably realize i'm fairly obsessed with vr currently since i'm staring at my uh, my oculus quest which i've had for i want to say closer to a month and not closer to a month now and I've spent, like, at least a couple hours every day, usually the maximum amount of time every day, hanging out in VR. And the two things I find really interesting about it is I don't generally hang out in a game. I hang out usually in VR chat. I uh, Like, you know, I hang out with people. We, like, explore all the worlds in VR chat and all that fun jazz. But a thing that people forget specifically about Sword Art Online is that show was not just cool fights in a video game. And I imagine people also forget this about, um, what's it called? About, uh, but, uh, 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 oh, um, Log Horizon. That's not just cool fights in the video game. There's like a die in Sword Art Online's case, it's like a die in the game, die in real life. In um, in what's it called? In Long Horizon's case, it's a lot more complicated. If whenever you die, the thing you sacrifice is memories of the real world, and who knows what happens when you run out of memories? Like that's a looming nightmare in that show. Um, but the long and short of it is is that people forget that the circumstances for Sora Online for until you get to Gun Gale Online Alternative, until you get to the alternative Gun Gale Online, Sword Art Online is not it's not an adventure show that's just an adventure show. It's an adventure show where they're all kind of forced to have an adventure because 
they their consciousnesses are trapped in a video game <laughs> and they can't escape. And then later in um, Ordinal Scale and Alicization, that stuff happens over again. Sword Art Online is all about everyone except for spoilers for Sword Art Online 2. Is all about everyone waking up except for Asuna, or the second, not the second, the second season of Sora Online is what I meant to say, sorry. Um, spoiler for that, but it's all about everyone waking up except for Asuna because she's been taken psyche prisoner by a psychopath. Um, and it, it's really easy to forget the details of or even the main plot points of all of these shows, because right around 2012, when Sword Online was coming out, anime was starting to change. So, to give you an idea, when I was in elementary school, anime was still a pretty niche thing. I was odd for latching onto it. And that continued until, like, until, until really I graduated college. Um, in 2010. But the thing that happened between... I mean, I graduated high school in 2018, in 2008, in 08. I'm, I'm, I'm old, by the way. I'm doing math. I graduated for four years. The thing that changed between about, I want to say, like, late 90s and 2012 is we went through the anime bubble burst. And I've done a Sunday edition on the anime bubble bursting and what happened there. But just for a quick refresher, you can go listen to that. It's in the podcast feed and whatever app you're going to listen to me right now. Um, This isn't going to be as exhaustive. Basically, the internet showed up with with piracy, like um, streaming, like illegal streaming sites, like... Like, mainly illegal streaming sites and BitTorrents. And the ways to stream anime and the quality you could get that anime at was not good enough to warrant paying for by a substantial number of people. So what happened, at least in America, and probably to some extent all over the world, is people stopped paying for anime outside of the U.S. And that's honestly part of how you get a show like Stored On Online. Stored On Online is very much a show that is developed for and by the country of Japan. It did, it did very little did very little consideration for um I mean it's hilariously and interestingly there's a black there's a black character in it but um there's very little consideration for what an American audience is looking like, is looking for. At this point, Thor Online fandom is um, global enough where they're all looking for more Thor Online and more of a certain... and more of that tone and more of that thing. And the author has changed his view a lot on how he wrote his story. So that has changed and that has angered some fans. But oh well, he's trying to be a better human and I support that. But the long and short of it is, 
is that it was it was one of the shows that was in like the the initial hot zone of like anime becoming cool, anime becoming acceptable, and also it had a it had like a game it had and still has like a gamer angle that is really both honest and glorifying. <laughs> And that's, that's easy to forget. The um, reality of Sword Online is like, yes, Kirito is um, is like a badass in-game, but he's basically like a total dweeb outside of the game. Like, when you see him outside of the game, he dresses like a Hot Topic character who's dressing like they're... You know, Avatar and VR chat. Seriously. And so many people forget that, like, A, the crux of this, the crux of this show, but B, that it was, it was both glorifying and being honest about gamers and gaming and gaming culture in a way that is not... That is still really not common. Like, even a show like, um, I forget when Gamers came out. Even a show like Gamers has this, like, love-love relationship with gaming that isn't... That doesn't show you the whole picture. Um, one of the great things about, um, Wodakoi, Love is Harder Than Otaku, which I also did an episode of, is that it, it really depicts an otaku couple as being pretty honest with each other and pretty honest about themselves and not, um, there's no glorification there, which is nice because, and part, part of the reason people probably love it is because the honesty there is important and necessary. And, like, even though it's a very light touch not really because of the author doesn't want to show it, but because of the way the story for something like SAO is written. When you see Kirito in the real world and he's kind of a loser, it, and they had they basically had to have most of the the entire first season of Sword Art Online in order to like justify like no, Asuna likes this guy in reality too. Um. It, it's pretty, it's actually pretty interesting when you look at it from that perspective. And because I am an old Taku running a podcast about anime on the internet, I rewatch things for all kinds of different reasons. Sometimes not even because I actually really like them. Store Online is, like, I don't, I don't actively hate it, is what I will say. But I, I see the themes in the show probably more clearly than I would with a show that was slightly better, that was even slightly better written. One of the reasons why I like Log Horizon is because I like the idea of this, of Sora Online. I think it's a good idea. But I think that, and I think the author, I forget the author's name, um, 
I think that the author of the original light novels is very became pretty aware of the pitfalls he was he was dropping into and the problems his writing had over like the course of his career and he has since come out and he said like hey the way I write female characters is not great <laughs> it's also not intentional it like it's not on purpose so I'm gonna I'm gonna focus in on that and fix that because uh, not great. Also, the way I use sexual assault as a plot point, not okay. And but it's at the same time, like I said, the re the reason why I'm focusing on this this week is a I've started a rewatch because a new game called Venice is coming out for um, basically every VR platform on Earth, which is really smart. And Venice is a VR MMORPG that's a anime-inspired VR MMORPG, and it's inspired specifically by Alfheim Online, the second part of Sora Online, the game in the second part of Sora Online. And they have this, I just got one of their emails, and it is very much like they're trying to make it this big, expansive, kind of freewheeling thing. And it's, it's, that's a really interesting thing to me. On that note, I also, what's the, I also know that, like, the, like, dream of Sora Online is the nightmare of Sora Online. Like, it's not, it's not a great thing. I was just thinking before I started recording about one of the only ways that this could possibly, that, like, it could possibly go well to be trapped in a game. And that's the character of, um, Toya in, uh, Log Horizon. In reality, in Log Horizon, Toya is, like, a 14-year-old kid who is wheelchair-bound. So, when, in, like, the real world. So, when he is taken, um into the game world, he doesn't, um, he really doesn't mind it. Only he also doesn't tell anybody because it's not, it's like not, like, oh, in the real world I'm in a fucking wheelchair and it sucks. That's why I like being here so much. <laughs> um, I think Manami is the, uh, is the character's name. It's a, um, young girl who's training under Shiro and, like, had a serious crush on him's name. And she eventually says to Shio, like, he's not, he can't walk. He, he, he loves being here. He loves being an action hero because he can't be that in reality. And it, she says to him, she's like, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he just, if given a choice of being able to go home, he didn't take it because it, here... His life is so much fuller and more meaningful. And obviously as a disabled person, that's part of the reason why I'm interested in VMO so hardcore. Because it's it's a separation from my... And it's not... To be clear, uh, the, the main lesson of Sword Art Online, if there is one, uh, other than like, be good to your friends and all the like... 
happy-go-lucky, good TV stuff, um, is don't give a corporation control of your brain. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Um, but divorcing the body from the mind for some people has a positive effect because their minds are um, intensely more active and intensely more capable sometimes in their bodies. I'm really lucky in the fact that I, my disability has very little, if any, effect on my life in a meaningful way. Like, I, I can't use my left hand, but let me tell you. <laughs> if you think, oh, hey, you need two hands to do this, trust me, bud, you probably don't. Like, you think you do, but nope, mm -mm, not a thing you need. And as a result, I, I, live, I live my version of a normal life that looks very much like your version of a normal life. But for some people, it, they actually, when VR Chat first started, there was a um, player who became really famous and actually died who had gotten a whole bunch of handicapable alternative controls so he could hang out in VR chat. And there are still people who do this, who are bedridden, who are, you know, have all kinds of issues in their lives, and VR chat lets them go hang out with a person, go, like, be in the, go be in a world. Not just the, like, quote-unquote VR chat world, but a world where what they look like, essentially, does, or what they're physically capable of doesn't matter. And that's actually something that's emphasized pretty strongly in Sword Art Online. Like, when the great scene in... And I think this will eventually probably happen in reality because they're already making um, VR glasses. When the... When they introduce um, the VR glasses in ordinal scale, Kirito's not very good with them, and he doesn't like playing the game because he's not in shape. <laughs> he's like not. It. It's a. Eventually, and this is where the like real. Uh, everybody thinks that like Kirito is a golden god by the end of the first part of Sword on of the first part of Sword Online season one. But in reality, it takes him until after Ordinal Scale for him to be, like, actually blessed by the heavens. Because now he can do it in real life, too. And it feels, it just feels weird. <laughs> um, but, on that note, I just wanted to, like, remind you that people's memories, including yours and mine, of... All the shows and all the movies and all the stuff we watch is pretty, can be pretty inconsistent. You can totally forget about things. You can forget about the way they happened exactly. And sometimes that's really important. Like, it's really important to be like, oh, um, something like SAO is a nightmare. Like, is a functional nightmare. <laughs> But what everybody remembers is cool sword fight, bro. And it's 
important to keep both in your head, especially as we get closer and closer to the kind of VR gaming that is possible in something like Sora Online. The key thing that you kind of have to remember about a show like, um, say, Log Horizon. Log Horizon, it's very clearly explained that like they were just all sitting down at the computers and playing the game. They were not friggin' um they were not here and being like 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 lying on a bed motionless in a VR in a full live headset. What happens when we have full live headsets? Who controls that? They're already making a thing called the Half Dive. I think it's called Diver X is the um, company name. Go look that up. It is the headset from Sora Online explicitly. And it's called the Half Dive because they can't get the second part. But the second part, second part is the bad part, so there may never be a full dive. But, like, the one of the, big, one of the biggest headsets on the market, the one I have, is made by Facebook. Do you want them in your brain? I'm going to say no. And like I keep saying, as we get closer and closer to that reality, it pays to revisit this stuff. It pays to realize what the reality of a show is. And not just the, like, cool fight you remember that you've watched 900 times lately on YouTube. Um, and that that's part of, I think, being a fan that looks forward to things. Like, I'm looking forward to Venice, which is a um, game, the VR MMO that's based off of um, Alfheim from Sword Online. But I'm not, like... I would not be doing it if it was like, oh, you have to jack your brain into this because mm-mm, that's not that's not great. And on that note, um, this is where I'm going to leave it. If you like this episode, new episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Thursday is more of a um, show about shows or movies or properties and actually i know what the next one will be about so i'll just give it to you here i'm gonna go see literally today at like at the time of recording this it's gonna be today in like um a couple hours i'm gonna go see bell the new the new hosted a movie since i love his movies generally because they're really imaginative um i have a feeling i know it's gonna be about and it it, it'll pertain to this i think um but on that, and Sunday editions are more conceptual. They're about things like remembering a show correctly or something like that. And I will talk to you next Sunday.